You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the MLB Extras Blue Jays podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Gregor Chisholm, our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter. We continue our positional previews. Gregor, time to talk about this starting rotation for the Toronto Blue Jays. Some interesting things to get into. There's the guys that have been there that have underperformed the last couple of years. There's the new additions as well. And we'll look ahead to to some prospects also or or young guys too. Um, And with Charlie Montoya coming over from the Rays, you wonder if maybe they'll, uh, they'll go with an opener a little bit. Maybe we'll bring that up as well. But let's start with the two guys that we had trade rumors about this year that will head this rotation. That is Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez. It seems like this was not the time to trade these guys because you would be trading low coming off the seasons they were coming off to. You wonder if if that's something they'll revisit down the road. But, Gregor, let's start with Stroman. Uh, battled injuries last year, only made 19 starts, 5-4-5 ERA in those starts, but he's only 27 years old. He has two years left on his deal. Um, he's the kind of guy that I know has to be just mad at what he did last year, and I would imagine spent the entire offseason working really hard to make up for it this year. Yeah, 100%. And, and yeah, there's one thing with Stroman, there's no, there's no doubting the work ethic, that's for sure. And you know, I, I think the workload where he went back-to-back seasons over 200 innings. Uh, you know, it's something he won't admit, but I think that workload caught up to him a little bit. Um, and I think that's why we saw some more issues last year with the shoulder. And um, there were some continued issues there with the blister, which is a bit unrelated. But it was, it was a bit of a, a rough season for him health-wise. And then I, I think those issues, like he's like he got hurt in spring training and he really tried to rush back. And I, and I really think that kind of set him, set him back pretty far because – um, he came back a bit too early and, and the results weren't there. And then I think it, it kind of started messing with his mind a little bit. And so I, I think getting away uh, for a few months is probably going to do uh, wonders for him, more so than really anyone inside that clubhouse. I think he needed a bit of a mental break. Um, and, and, you know, certainly the Jays are looking at him as, as being that guy who's um, a, a frontline starter, ERA somewhere in the threes. Um, they think of him as that guy, as opposed to being the guy he was last year, which is, which was a guy who, uh, one had trouble staying on the mound, but then pretty much had an ERA around five for most of the entire year. The Blue Jays think he's much better than that. And that's really why there was no trade this offseason either, because they think that, uh, you know, if he gets back to that previous level, then, then the value around the league is going to, going to rise as well. And the Blue Jays in theory should be able to get more around July than they would have been able to get this offseason. Yeah, that'll certainly be something tracking as they could get younger and even better with a, a trade of Stroman with a little over a year left on his deal. If he is the Marcus Stroman of old, would certainly, you would think, bring back a pretty good return. All right, Aaron, Aaron Sanchez is the other guy who was not traded this offseason. Um, Gregor, he had surgery in September to try to, I guess, permanently correct the issue that led to all the blister problems that he's had. Now, the blisters weren't as big an issue in 2018. It was more fluke injuries. He still only threw 106 innings overall. 
Um, what's the outlook for Sanchez now heading into 2019 after that surgery? I mean, the difficult thing with Sanchez is that you're talking about a guy who's now two years away from free agency, but in, in a lot of ways, we're, we're saying a lot of the same things about him that were being said a few years ago. And that's, there's no denying the talent. There's no denying the upside. I mean, when you look at what a starting pitcher should be, he, he checks off all the boxes and, uh, in terms of pure stuff, uh, he has the ability to be one of the best starting pitchers in, in all of baseball. The problem is, is that the Blue Jays have really only seen that for, for one year, and that was in 2016. And, uh, you know, the last two years have pretty much been completely lost seasons for him. Uh, you know, the Jays like to think that they've got the finger issue figured out. Sanchez would like to, to think that as well. Um, but the fact is, I mean, he needs to go out and, and pitch a full season. Uh, and it's been a long time since he's been able to do that. So, you know, the Jays might have to get creative with kind of monitoring his innings, make sure he's not overworked. Um, but at the same time, I mean, like I said, that this is they only have two years of control left over this guy as well. Uh, and the Blue Jays need to figure out how to maximize that. And certainly their hope is similar to Stroman, that he gets off to a good start. Uh, that they can market him around the league and uh, potentially get some high-end prospects in return. What's more important for Sanchez, to just stay healthy or to get back to a to the guy that um, was basically the American League ERA leader a few years ago? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, to a certain extent, I think the, the two sides here need different things. I mean, the Blue Jays almost need him to, to come out and be that guy pretty quickly right out of the gates uh, because I think they would like to, to do something in the, in the first uh, few months of this season with him. So they, they don't have a lot of time remaining. Uh, Sanchez, understandably, should be taking more of a, a long-term view of this. And I, and I think for him, uh, regardless of what the results are this year, he just needs to build up those innings again. I, I mean, it's it's been a long. Twenty sixteen was his only full season as a starter. It's also the the season where we spent a lot of time talking about an innings limit because he hadn't built up those innings even even before then. So now he's two years removed from that. It's going to be even more challenging for him. So uh, to me, I just think he needs to get those innings up, stay on the mound, get into that routine every five days, even if there are some ups and downs along the way. Uh, that's going to set him up. Uh, you know, for, for more success beyond just 2019. And I think that's what his long-term goal has to be. Do you think the Blue Jays look at either of these guys, Stroman and Sanchez, and think, all right, maybe maybe we extend one of them because they're still young or try to in the hopes of them being a part of the next surge of the Blue Jays as all these young prospects come up? Or do you think they've come to the point now where the windows aren't going to work out and they're just going to try try their best to get the most back for them if they can turn things around. I mean, I, I still expect them to go the trade route. I really think that's that's the way things are going to go. I think the only thing that's really going to stop that would be underperforming or, or injuries. Like if, uh, you know, the Jays find themselves in the same situation in, in late June this year as they were this offseason where the, the offers just aren't all that great or, or one of the guys is hurt or something like that, then I think you have no choice but to, to kind of wait it out. And, uh, and then if the, these partnerships continue, then that always opens the door for, for something a little bit more long-term down the road. Uh, but especially right now, I mean, these are two really difficult cases to even put together the framework of what a, what an extension would look like. I mean, Stroman's had a little bit more consistent success, but he's also had a couple down years in his career now. And so there's a little bit of unpredictability there. There's certainly unpredictability in, in Sanchez. And so, uh, you know, I think a lot of the other teams have been kind of waiting to put together uh, nice offers, kind of wanting to see what what these two can do, and I think the Blue Jays, from an extension standpoint, would have the you know the exact same stance. I don't think either pitcher right now um, has put themselves kind of in the mix for that, but uh, that certainly could change twelve months from now if they if they are coming off a strong season. I just think if that's going to happen, the Blue Jays would probably work out a trade first. 
All right, moving on from Stroman and Sanchez, you look at the rest of this rotation, and let's talk about the veteran additions here in the offseason that they've brought in getting ready for 2019. Two of them, there's Matt Shoemaker, Clayton Richard, two guys that have weirdly similar careers in the sense that they've battled lots of injuries. Shoemaker um, came up late, almost won Rookie of the Year when he came up, and then there's been injuries since. He only pitched 31 innings last year. He's 32 years old. Um, what do the Blue Jays hope to get out of Shoemaker here as he fills out that rotation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they look at him as, as the buy-low candidate who who, ha- who comes with a bit of upside. And, and when you're in a rebuilding mode and you've got some holes on your roster, those are the type of guys you're trying to target. Uh, I think a key part of this deal uh, for them is the fact that he was still uh, arbitration eligible in the sense that he's under control, not just for the one-year deal that he signed this year, but he's going to be under control if they want uh, for 2020 as well. So it's a little bit more of a long-term play. Um, you know, his issue is what you touched on. I mean, he needs to, he needs to stay healthy. And if, if he's healthy, um, he's going to have a guaranteed job in that rotation. Um, if he's not healthy, then it kind of makes things a bit murkier and you could end up needing to put him in the bullpen at some point in time. But the Blue Jays would really like to see him work out as a starter because they think he's got mid-rotation upside. And they, they viewed him um, as someone who wasn't probably getting valued as, as highly elsewhere as, as they thought internally. And, um, you know, he's a guy who can keep the ball on the ground. Uh, someone that matches up well with Roger Center. And he's, he's really just kind of the perfect type of piece where, uh, you know, the cost uh, versus what the Blue Jays think the upside can be just made a lot of sense for this team right now. And then Clayton Richard, 35 years old, clearly nearing the end of, of his career, probably inexpensive veteran. He's a guy that actually in recent years has brought the innings up a little bit. And maybe he's a guy the Blue Jays can rely on for if not 200 innings, at least pushing up over 150. Yeah, and, and it's going to be out of that number five spot, and so he's going to have to he's going to have to earn it in, in spring. Um, but there's certainly there's no arguing the cost that the Jays got him for. I mean, they got him uh, on a really cheap deal with the, the Padres. I think they're kicking in a million and a half for that three million that he, he was owed for uh, 2019. So it's, it's it makes even more sense there. And you know, I think he enters camp as as the favorite for the number five spot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jays start, uh, you know, the prospect Sean Reed Foley in the minors again, even though he made it up to the big leagues last year. I wouldn't be shocked if, if he's starting in Buffalo. And so, uh, you know, I think so. I think Clayton gets the, the first crack at that job. And then ultimately, whether or not he's able to hang on to it, it's going to depend on performance. And, you know, he's a guy who can run into in trouble with the home run. That doesn't bode well. All, the, all that great for Roger Center, and it's going to be interesting to see him uh, go from a pitcher-friendly ballpark in San Diego to, to what he's going to have to face in the AL East. That, it's going to be pretty daunting for him, uh, but he's definitely going to have the first crack at that job, and if he pitches well, then he's going to, he's going to hold off uh, you know, the likes of Sean Reed Foley, Thomas Pannone, and uh, Sam Gavilio, and a long list of other candidates. So those are the guys you mentioned, and it's going to be a little bit competitive there at the, uh, at the back end. Before those guys is Ryan Baruku, who came up last year as a rookie and was just one of the nice stories of the 2018 Blue Jays. 97 and two-thirds innings at the big league level. He had the ERA under four. Now when pitchers come up, hitters eventually make the adjustments. You would think that'll be the case now, and then he's going to have to adjust and, and go back the other way. So this is a big step, I think, in a big season for Baruki. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, the, the thing with 
with him is that last year he didn't really have to face any of those those failures. I mean, there's there's a couple uh, rough starts he had, and he he to his credit bounced back from that. But really, his rookie season went about as well as you could possibly expect. I mean, the Blue Jays would take that, uh, you know, every single year of his career, uh, very happily, I might add. Um, so I think this year the the expectation is that he's going to have a few more ups and downs. And it'll be interesting to follow that and see how, as you said, once the league adjusts to him, how he adjusts back. And, you know, we saw some minor tinkering with that last year, uh, but he was only up for half the season. And so the book's going to be out on him even more this year. Uh, there's going to be more video available. The teams are going to be ready for him from the start of the season on. And so, uh, but there's, there's no question. I mean, he's, he's a big part of what the Blue Jays are doing future-wise. It really seems that there's not a lot of doubting of the high ceiling talent that the Blue Jays have in the position uh, player side coming up through the minor leagues. Their minor league system is stacked with guys that we spent a lot of time talking about, like Guerrero and Bichette. But whether or not this next generation of, of Blue Jays talent is going to be successful is ultimately going to come down to the pitching, I think. And and they need Barucki uh, to really pan out and be one of those, you know, the guy who who is around after Stroman and Sanchez depart and really kind of helps lead this rotation. They're going to need more than just Barucki. They definitely need him. And it's, it's going to really start this year where he starts really learning the ropes. You mentioned Sean Reed Foley, and he's a prospect that had a little more pedigree to him coming up through, and he pitched a little bit last year. Um, do the Blue Jays, are the Blue Jays as high on him now as they ever have been, or is that tempered a little bit? Yeah, no, I, I think they are. Uh, you know, the thing with Reed Foley is it's it's always going to come down to fastball command. I mean, that's that's kind of cliche to say about a lot of pitchers, but with him, it really is true because he has a tendency. Uh, to really scatter it at times. And, you know, we saw that at the big league level last year. Uh, you know, former manager John Gibbons didn't like to go out to the mound a lot uh, just to speak to his pitchers, but we saw him come out a couple of times uh, and, and deliver some pretty direct messages to Reed Foley, which was, uh, you know, basically just go out there and attack and because his stuff really does play up. I mean, he's got the stuff to be a big league pitcher. Uh, he probably needs to trust it a little bit more in, in certain times and, uh, he's a little bit more raw than, than a guy like Ryan Barucki is. And so uh, I, I still think he's a little bit further away before we really see those more consistent results. And so I think that's that's another reason why there's a good chance he starts in Buffalo. But at the same time, look, I mean, if he comes in in spring training uh, and, and strings together five or six really quality starts to to, to – to, to begin the spring, it's also going to be hard for the Blue Jays to keep him off the roster. I mean, uh, there could be injuries in that rotation. And even if there's not, uh, this this starting five isn't so locked in stone that that a guy can't be unseated. And if someone's going to do it, I think it's going to be Foley who, who come through at the big camp. Uh, but even so, I, I'd still, I still think he's going to start in Buffalo. Yeah, certainly start him there and, and ease him in. And maybe he comes up along the way. And you start to see a glimpse of the future because you look at this rotation right now and a big chunk of it seems like when the Blue Jays get back to contending, those guys aren't going to be around. But you got to get there. So they have filled out the rotation. And it'll be an interesting group, that's for sure. And it's nice to have some veterans to help out too with those younger guys. All right, you can follow Gregor on Twitter at GregorMLB. I'm there at MLB underscore McMaster. All of our... Club podcasts are at MLB.com backslash podcast, Google Play, and Apple Podcast as well. That's going to do it for this edition of the MLB Extras Blue Jays podcast for Gregor Chisholm. I'm Tim McMaster. Thank you for listening.